Welcome in, welcome in. You are locked into Hour 3, affectionately known as the After Hours. Here on RSVP with Jill Monroe, here on KBLA Talk 1580. This, of course, is the show where we hit all the trending topics and headlines across entertainment, sports, lifestyle, and culture. And in this hour, we are going to be talking about, shortly, Rihanna and her biggest fashion, Ick. She had a party here in L.A. Tuesday night. She has a new shoe that's dropping. It's a cross-collaboration with Fenty and Puma. You know, we've seen her do that before. So we're going to get into that. Before we came forward in the last hour, Ray, I believe it was, I believe that was his name, correct me if I'm wrong, in the chat mentioned that it is very hard to marry at times across class lines. And I think that that is true and not so much. I mean, obviously, you understand where it could come into play when you're talking about wealthy celebrities and athletes, maybe that came from humble beginnings and understand that. But I think it's more so you see that um, actually in closer relations, you know, maybe middle class from, you know, a more humble situation because I think sometimes the a lot of the things that we learn in survival mode may not serve us well as we grow and evolve into other situations you know what we did to function what we did to maintain whatever's going on may not be the same behavior that we want to mirror just because it was a different mindset And we have to grow from there. You know, that's just something to throw out. I'm not sure if that exactly is what he was focusing on, but that is just my thought. You know, sometimes we don't even realize that we are engaging in behaviors that were done from a survival instinct. And we're not that anymore. And we should be able to thrive in a more relaxed state. I'm not saying to be, you know, frivolous. I'm just saying. There are things that we go through. Um, This hour, we still have a lot to get into. Feels like in addition to the after hour, it's going to be a little bit of the blotter hour because I guess it's the age of Aquarius. Andy and I were talking about that a little bit last night, but um, so much is still happening on the legal front with varied people. So, of course, we heard about the Jeffrey Epstein trial and his sex trafficking and all the different women that were involved in the island and all of these things of this nature. And there have been rumors about the names of people that were involved and who was involved. And is it a big conspiracy? And was it a ring? And, you know, all of these different things. And a lot of people seem to believe that individuals were being protected and all sorts of stuff, right? that we haven't quite qualified yet. Well, it looks like over 170 people that were linked to Jeffrey Epstein, their names will be revealed in court documents. Now, this doesn't just include people, as people are assuming, individuals that might have been involved in I guess, a more direct fashion. That's what people are hoping to find. It can include the name of former employees, victims, all sorts of things. You know, the names are set to be revealed in what will be a release of court documents. 
a Manhattan federal judge has ordered to unseal them in the coming weeks. I believe January 2nd is when they will be opened up. Judge Loretta Preska on Monday ordered that the release of the long sealed documents in the settled defamation lawsuits that Epstein accuser Virginia Roberts Guilfrey, I believe is her last name, brought against um, Ghislaine Maxwell back in 2015. And, you know, Ghislaine is currently serving a sentence. I can't remember how many years she is one of the only people serving time for this. Jeffrey Epstein, of course, was found unalived in his cell. Whether he did it himself or if you believe the rumors that there was help, don't know. But that's what his fate was. Under this ruling, dozens of individuals who have previously only been identified in these documents as Jane Doe's or Jane Doe number one or John Doe, they're linked to the suit in various ways. Their information will be identified when the materials are unsealed in full. Um, the judge has stated that he's going to make the names of these associates public. The documents, as I mentioned, are part of the civil suit. Terms of the settlement weren't disclosed, but they were reached in 2017. The order that authorizes the public idea of the associates, though, from what I'm understanding, is going to be a bit of a disappointment to some because... It includes lines like the sealed material as to this individual is not salacious and the only references to this individual are in passing and in benign context. Those are some of the notes that are noted as far as the names in this 51 page order. It basically, like I said, authorizes unsealing of the documents and it gives them the John Doe's and the Jane Doe's that are listed in this order. I mean, in the documents, the order gives them 14 days to appeal. So here's the thing. It, um, in looking at it, it says things like this, um, the material should be unsealed in full because this individual hasn't formally objected to it. So that means that, Let's say someone worked for um, Epstein. If they didn't petition the court to keep it sealed, that information could be revealed. So it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be the salacious stuff. It also could be things that, for example, right, it mentions a J. Doe. And there are one, two, three, four, six references to this individual. And what the ruling notes is that the individual was already referenced in a Vanity Fair magazine article and it gives the date of it. So keeping their name under wraps and their association as far as these documents is not really serving any purpose because the information has already been in the public general knowledge base. And that's the case with a lot of these. So. I know people are like, ooh, it's a takedown and we're finally going to see who's involved and we're going to see all the shadiness and we're going to connect the dots to this ring. Probably not. You're probably going to be a little disappointed because it is allegedly, according to some of these reports, you know, basically things like I worked with them. I didn't know that I needed to petition the court to have my name redacted or 
I was at this party and he happened to be there too. So we'll see what happens. It's January when the um, list is expected to be released. And we certainly will follow up on this story because um, it is one that has been buzzing around for a while. Listen, when we come forward, we're going to get into the details of Dwight Howard. His lawyer has released a statement regarding the lawsuit against him. So we're going to talk about that and reread info on the way. All of that and more, you're locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe on KBLA Talk 1580. You are locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. So before we get into reread and Dwight, and a couple of other stories. I thought that this was an interesting conversation. So we know who Caitlin Clark is, right? She played against Angel Reese and LSU last year in the Final Four. And we know that LSU won, right? And that Angel Reese took a lot of flack for her giving Caitlin, Caitlin back the You Can't See Me, John Cena, Tony Yayo hand to the face, right? Well, the sporting news has dubbed both Angel and Caitlin, Caitlin, I don't know why I can't say her name tonight, joint athletes of the year. And the cover that they chose, instead of giving each of them their own cover, what they did was it kind of looks like the cover of First 48 or something like that. I don't know. It's a black and white cover and it's their faces ripped in half and, you know, shoved together. And this is athletes of the year. And of course, social media is mad. And the reason why they are mad is because they are saying that if Caitlyn had flat out won and Angel still had an amazing performance like what happened with Angel and LSU winning and Caitlin still showed up and showed out for her team, right? But it just wasn't enough. They wouldn't have given the double cover treatment to Angel Reese. They also feel that there's some, you know, kind of, listen, racism in addition to just that they wouldn't have given Angel the cover if she had not won, just the fact that you need to insert Caitlyn in this at all feels like, for some, a slap in the face to Angel Reese. Now, the irony is that this year, LSU is having some problems. You know, call it a championship hangover, call it adjustments. They just have been having a little a little more time to get on the same page this season as opposed to what we saw last season. But what are your thoughts? Do you think that it was a bit of racism calling them to add Caitlin Clark to the award? Should it have just been Angel's Award? Make no mistake about it. Caitlin Clark is a great basketball player. That's undeniable. She's out there hooping. But... It does feel like, you know, there was that moment when Jill Biden said, oh, well, we'll invite both teams to the White House. No, no, no. Once again, had LSU lost, they probably would not have received that kind of kid glove handling. But, you know, hindsight is twenty we We'll have to see if we end up seeing both of them in the Final Four again this year and how it all bears out. 
it's been an interesting ride for LSU. Okay, so keeping in our sports theme here, Dwight Howard. You know, we talked about a few weeks ago that he was another individual not involved in the New York cases, but that has recently been accused of sexual assault. Well, he is still dealing with the fallout and the repercussions for that. According to Radar Online, he and his lawyers have asked the judge to dismiss the lawsuit filed against him by Stephen Harper. He and Stephen, if you recall, met on Instagram, Dwight stating that Harper's sexual assault accusations are really nothing more than a classic case of unrequited love. And he basically says it stems from the decision that after their one-time consensual encounter, he cut ties with him. So basically, he's saying that Stephen, is it Stephen or Stephen? I don't know. I'm going to say Stefan. Stefan is, you know, salty because he got, um, it was a hookup for one time and it was for the night, not for life. And Dwight is saying that he's mad. His lawyer said that Howard remained cordial and responded to Mr. Harper's text messages and calls sporadically at first, but that Harper continued to press for a relationship and Dwight had no interest in such. And so he gave him the slow fade, basically. So Howard is also, Howard's look, in his response, basically, he's filed a claim saying that Harper's anger and contacts and the contact trying to reach out to Dwight increased to the point that it was a little stalker-like and that he grew excessively upset and began making threats. Even going as to as far as to suggest that he would take matters to social media, which he did. And Howard also said that Harper vowed to tell the entire world about their one night stand, including his mom and sisters. The filing also states when these threats and several demands for money went unfulfilled, Mr. Harper filed the instant lawsuit as a revenge and in an attempt to tarnish Mr. Howard's reputation. Howard has said he has text conversations showing Harper talking about enjoying their night together hours after it happened, adding that there is no doubt about whether the alleged assault was consensual. As a result, he sought that the entire case be dismissed before a trial could even be held. So it's a tough, tough thing. I mean, it's sort of the same thing that we talked about as far as Anthony Edwards and the situation with his the young lady who he allegedly offered $100,000 to. It's sort of the same situation in some of the cases that were filed for the New York Survivors Act. When there's a hesitation, it can cause some people to question one. And we understand sometimes you're scared. Sometimes you don't know what to do. Sometimes you have to look at what happened and process and under- come to terms with whatever happened and make a decision from there. But I don't know. How do you make that determination what someone's intent really was in these moments? If at the time... It seemed cool, but 
a month, six months, two years later, they don't feel that it was anymore. Is it fair that they re-examine it and maybe think differently about it with space and time? It's pretty hard. Forensic accountant says that's on some old Randall should share his apprentice when mess. Not sure what we were talking about. But at any rate, with Dwight in this situation, one thing, I'm happy that he can probably be his authentic self in these moments now. I think, too, given just the time frame of where we are as a society, if he would have tried this 10 or 12 years ago, he probably wouldn't get much sympathy, you know? Or he probably would hear a lot more flack about his lifestyle choices. Be clear, if he did assault or harass this man, he should have to deal with the repercussions of that. No one is saying that it's okay. But I don't know. How how do you proceed in cases like if, let's say, Mr. Harper was scared, but he sent the text anyway saying, I had a great time. I loved every minute of it. How do you weigh out what his true feelings were? Because it's a civil trial, you know? It's not so much the burden of proof is much lower, and there's no physical evidence in that regard to be considered. So it's tricky. I just hope that to, I mean, sometimes I guess social media is the only way that people have a voice and a way that they can kind of protect themselves because, I mean, if we learned anything from the allegations in the Diddy lawsuit, some people are very bad people and they will send others to intimidate you and nobody wants that. But how do you balance the exposure aspect of it? It's almost as if, um, extortion and blackmail to a degree don't exist anymore. So we'll have to see what happens with Dwight in that case. Um, you know, I don't know. Good luck to you, Dwight. Uh, they do say that Dwight still has an interest in playing in the league. Look, it's almost been 20 years since he was drafted. That was 2004 draft when he was you know, taken into the magic. I believe Dwight's a future Hall of Famer. He won a ring here in L.A. with the Lakers. Not the first time when it was heralded with him and Steve Nash and they thought it was going to be something big, but the bubble ring, respectable, don't you? Listen, I know you guys wouldn't, but just in case, don't ever come at me with the bubble ring isn't real. We don't accept that over here. We're about the mental toughness. And listen, champions win under any circumstance. We just saw that. So that's just a side. I just have to, you know, my competitive side kicks in. And I got to represent for the purple and gold because that's how we do. But back to Dwight. I, I think that, unfortunately, his time in the league is done. Even if he has the skill set to still be there, which I don't know. He's, what, about to be 38, 39? Or he just turned it. I know he's a Sagittarius. His birthday just passed. Um, but I do think that right now it's just, this doesn't help, obviously, these allegations. They're definitely 
going to not be something a team wants to get to in the weeds with. But I also think that even if he has more to offer physically, I think his time is just passed. And sometimes that happens. And unfortunately, it happens a great deal with athletes that your retirement is not necessarily planned by you. The league just starts to pass you by. They start to look for younger, cheaper options, you know, all of types of things. They don't feel like you're a fit for their locker room. You still want major minutes, and they might be looking for a vet that's dirt cheap to sit on the end of the bench and say, hey, young fella, pick it up. Hey, you should be doing this and not really be active. So, I don't know. Good luck to him. Forensic accountant says, I was talking about your first topic. Black man wins on Apprentice and Trump suggested he shares win with the white runner up. Okay, okay, okay. Got it. I did not watch The Apprentice. It was not, not for any other reason, just because I wasn't interested. And I don't know. It's so funny, the turn that Donald Trump because when The Apprentice first started, don't you remember when all the rappers used to take pictures with him and everything? And now here we are. Andy? Let me tell you something. The Apprentice was my favorite show. Was it really? 100%. That, Celebrity Apprentice, Lil John shocked the hell out of me. Oh, because he did really well that he season, right? He was great. really smart. for. He um, was like top three. Killed it. I think, I, I don't know why I never, because I mean, the thing is, I really am interested in like business and how it works. And I, I like those conversations. I guess I just didn't, I don't know. I never latched on, you know, it's a lot of TV and sometimes it's hard to keep up with those competition shows, but I did like the concept of it still do because I think that especially in our community we speak a lot about business and handling business and entrepreneurs and things like that but we don't know a lot of the mechanics we don't have a lot of the connection points and they're just things that um, we can benefit from from being exposed to those that are already heavily in the game or in the game in a different way. Because basically, like we talked about with dating, same thing can apply with business. Exposure can set the tone. When we come forward, more trending topics and headlines, you're locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe on KBLA Talk 1580. You are locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. So... That was my jam, by the way. You know, that song really reminds me of like 80s dance crews, 1580 K-Day mix masters. That's what that vibe is truly on. I got a question, though. So Fergie and Gwen Stefani, which is your pick? Both SoCal girls, both got a little bit of the flaves. Just a little, just a little. So which one, which one would you rock out with? I'm rocking with Gwen. Rocking with Gwen all day. 100%. I agree. Although, although, like I said, we're not going to talk about the national anthem at the All-Star Game and Fergie. You know, there was something happening there. But, I mean, like I said, that song, and didn't Fergie do the London Bridge? That was my jam. What was that, summer 2005, I think? 2004, 2005? 2005, I feel like. Maybe 2006. 2006, okay. That was my song. It might have been five, though, carrying over to 06, but yeah. The thing. So that was my jam. So I mean, obviously, so was Gwen with the Harajuku girls. Appropriation, appropriation, appropriation. But, you know, 
it was a different time in the mid 2000s you know you could be a latino leaning asian influenced white girl from orange county and nobody blinked an eye at it so Man, black people weren't thinking about no damn appropriation when that song came on. No, she was invited to the cookout. <laughs> dun, 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 ooh, that's my... Iggy, That's too. my... Okay. <laughs> I don't know, I might have to draw the line there. Iggy, Fancy, when Fancy dropped. Now, I'm Iggy's first single, listen. She had this other song that I liked that was before, it, I think it was something when T.I. was still pretty heavily involved with her. No Mediocre. Okay. But, um, yeah, after that, I don't know. But Iggy's top doing, what did I say, 45 million, something like that on OnlyFans. One of the top um, creators. I think she's in the number one spot. So, um, look, shout out to Iggy. I guess. Fahima says, people will find a way to blow it out of proportion and making it more than it actually is. Epstein flew out of LAX on September 19th of a different year than someone, but it's still 919. Well, we're going to see. Again, uh, as indicated, a lot of the information for some of these names has been revealed through interviews, documentaries, various sources. So it's not as hush hush as people think and again some of these are just people that worked for him but not necessarily that were accused of any wrongdoing and some of them the names might be victims and they may not want their names out there so we'll see what happens with the two-week time period obviously we won't know who has tried to get their name removed or um, redacted from the release but We'll see when the release does come out what's there and if there are things or information that was unexpected. Okay, let's talk about Rihanna. So we know that she is relaunching her Fenty and Puma collection, which was quite popular. They have the Creepers shoe, you know, cute thing. And she definitely had a look going on last night, relaxed, and it was like a purplish denim look had a little fur thing going on it was very chilly last night in LA by the way like 48 degrees I don't care where you are if you don't think that is cold that is cold okay um and she looked amazing so of course she was asked about you know having two children with who is the love of her life and how you just hope that things come together in the right way and that um you know, she can have, she always hoped that she'd be able to have children in love and that she can be a part of a family that breaks generational curses and moves forward and does new things and raises their children better. She said the only thing that she can't seem to do right now is have girls. So, um, you know, maybe that's in the future. She at least is probably going to try again. She did joke that the only thing that she could have predicted about her kids was that one of them would inherit her forehead. And she said that Riza um riot doesn't have it but rizza does and she was like are you sure he's mine you can't lose this thing so that's funny but when talking about fashion and i thought that this was interesting because one we know rihanna as far as fashion when she cut her hair it became iconic the redhead rihanna another icon her fashion moves but we know that part of that look was because of a stylist right So she says that her biggest fashion ick 
which I agree with, is that there isn't one thing that bothers her. She said she feels like it's when people try to force something that's inauthentic for the individual, where it's blatant and blaring. She said that she hates when it's forced, right? And I would agree with her. You can tell when someone has something on and it's like, yeah, that is your stylist style or that's the look they're giving to everybody for the season, but it doesn't really work for you. But what I want to know is in dealing with an industry that is so image conscious and you are given things like style, wardrobe stylists, hairstylists, makeup artists to give you that polished look or to make you look like a star because, you know, imaging again is part of the role. Who wants to see a celebrity that looks regular unless you want to see a celebrity that looks regular? Is there a way, excuse me, to be authentic when you have your image crafted to a degree by others? Can you still keep that authenticity, right? Because they're going to push you to try new things, maybe, to experiment with your fashion. And so I just wonder, do people believe that you can still be authentic even though you are style to the nines, having someone put together, you know, a marketing plan and a look and things of that nature. I think that it's possible. I think that you can adapt your style as you, you know, move along and you grow and things of that nature. But is it possible, Andy? I think it is. I mean, you could be um, authentic in your experimentation. And that's the way I look at it. That's facts, trying out new things, because we all go through things. We want to step into something else, see something different, see ourselves in a different way. I see nothing wrong with it, and I appreciate Rihanna for putting it out there. But someone asked, and I don't feel like Rihanna has any beef with anyone anymore. I think she's over that phase of her life. But they're like, could she be talking about someone specific? I couldn't think of anyone, so... I don't know. When we come forward, we have more trending topics and headlines to get into. You are locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. You are locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. So we're just going to continue on our legal docket for the night because there's more cases to update you on. As I said, 2023 is going out with the bang of the gavel because um, it's a lot. It's a lot happening. So if you remember over the summer, Lizzo had two lawsuits filed against her. And the second one was a motion by her former wardrobe stylist, a harassment lawsuit, which she accused Lizzo of, you know, several unscrupulous activities. Well, Lizzo has asked a judge on December 15th to dismiss the lawsuit. According to her legal team, they filed a motion basically saying that the artist, um, excuse me, not the artist, that the wardrobe stylist, you know, it's meritless. One, one, they're saying that how is she filing in California, but the work was done for a Delaware corporation in Europe, i.e. California has no jury. Not i.e. i.e. means example. Um, 
breaking it down, California has no jurisdiction over that. So the labor laws would not necessarily apply there. And the plaintiff is a New York resident. So all of that's a bit convoluted. We'll have to see what happens. This was the statement from Lizzo's lawyers. During her brief employment by BGBT, the plaintiff refused to comply with instructions from her supervisors and tour management. She failed to perform the work that she was assigned and eventually just played hooky and refused to show up for work. The motion states that what really happened was that during Daniel's February 14th 2023 to March 6, 2023 tour stint for Lizzo's The Special Tour, she was terminated after abandoning her post for the day at a concert in Paris, France. The filing adds that on March 5th, the gig at Accor Arena in the City of Lights that she just basically got ghost. She was chilling. She was having a good time and wasn't handling her responsibility. So for context, Daniel's complaint came about, you know, six weeks after the ex-dancers, Ariana Davis, Crystal Williams, and Noel Rodriguez sued Lizzo, claiming that they were harassed, that there was assault and discrimination that happened while on the tour. They were accused of, you know, accusing Lizzo of taking them into inappropriate environments, sexually charged environments, discriminating against them because of their weight, etc. So about six months, this case allegedly happened six months before that group took Lizzo to court. And it's since been revealed that 14 dancers who performed with Lizzo were part of a more than $100,000 settlement related to the unauthorized use of their image in the 2022 documentary, Love Lizzo. So not what the case, the most recent case with the dancers for harassment, but unauthorized use of their imagery. So... You know, it's a lot happening with Lizzo. We'll have to see. They are requesting a 2024, a January 24th hearing in 2024 to dismiss the motion. And Lizzo's attorneys also contested the anti-slap motion that was filed in October attached to the lawsuit for the three ex-dancers. And slap basically is when you are saying that the entity is trying to keep you silent and you're a smaller, you know, um, situation and they are using tactics to shut you down, keep you quiet, keep you silent. So we have to see what develops with that. As I said, lots of litigious activities going on. Last one for the night that I need to update you on involves Young Jeezy and Jenny May. She is denied claims that she is keeping their daughter away from Jeezy. She says that she actually just has concerns over Jeezy's firearms, that he is not safely securing and locking them away, and that that has been an issue in the past, that they have been around unsecured. Hey, listen. When the separation happens, baby, the gloves come off. The secrets, if there were any, 
are exposed and things that you thought were okay suddenly are not. Because we never heard anything about gun safety when Jeannie was still in the house with Jeezy. And you might say, hey, she had no reason to speak on it. But I think the safety of her child, whether you were in the context of a marriage or without, right, would be important. Maybe not the same way, but we never heard anything about it. When she was still putting the cover of his book up and trying to preserve the relationship, there was no mention. And oh, by the way, keep your filthy guns out of the way. And listen, I know sometimes it sounds like I'm hard on certain individuals. It's not that I just want fairness. I want fairness on all sides. I want the approach to be the same. And I also recognize that this brings in whether or not it said the unspoken aspect of a racial dynamic with her all of a sudden saying, oh, my baby is learning two languages. Remember before she was learning street and she was learning um, what her native language was. And it was all cute when you had this former, you know, drug dealing street dude. And now it's, oh, my God, I don't trust my child in his presence, in his environment. Perhaps that was always the case. I don't know. But it didn't seem that way. And again, outside in, so not acting as if I have the whole story. But, you know, it's just certain language and verbiage that when brought up and it surrounds us has a different connotation and a different impact and a different effect. And of course, it looks a little different and it kind of seems like, you know, I'm trying to stick you any way I can because I have sour grapes. I'm not saying that's the case. I'm sure she's very concerned about her daughter's safety. And again, obviously, if it's true that he is not securing his firearms and they are around the vicinity, nobody wants to see that. But, you know. It wasn't a problem a minute ago, as Andy has said. Um, Jeannie's attorney said, basically, it is essential to clarify that Miss Jenkins' insistence on reasonable safety measures being put in place, such as safely securing and locking all firearms that have been unsecured in the past, as well as having a familiarity and properly trained caregivers, is absolutely not gatekeeping. But it's the responsible thing to do in an effort to prioritize their daughter's well-being. She also, her team also added, these requests are grounded in Ms. Jenkins' genuine concern for the party's daughter's safety and security, especially when under the care of others and traveling across the country. And she wants to ensure that the reasonably protective measures are in place, not an attempt to restrict Jeezy. So we'll have to see how that all turns out. Listen, tomorrow's Wednesday. We're going to get into more trending topics and headlines. And, um, you know, look, it will be five days until Christmas. Have you been singing your Christmas carol? Five golden rings. Okay, I can't sing and I definitely can't hit that high note. It's late. I'm trying. But I hope you're in the spirit. I hope you're feeling good. Have an amazing night. When we come forward, you will hear the best of KBLA. Thank you for locking in. Make sure you're back here tomorrow night, 9 p.m. for more trending topics and headlines. 
Thanks for watching. Well, listening and watching. We appreciate it all. Have an amazing night.